0: M-S-W-Media. The Daily Beans would like to thank Hunter Douglas for their support. Hunter Douglas makes innovative, beautiful window shade designs with gorgeous fabrics and control systems that can be scheduled to automatically adjust for their optimal position throughout the day, which brings greater convenience, style, and comfort to your home. Right now, for a limited time, you can take advantage of a generous rebate savings opportunity on select styles. Just visit HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans for details. Beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Today, more texts from Ginny Thomas to Mark Meadows. The January 6th committee is piecing together the final Trump-Pence call the morning of the attack on the Capitol. Hillary moves to dismiss Donald's idiotic lawsuit with prejudice. And the Trump campaign has been ordered to pay Omarosa Maganault over $1.3 million. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. <laughs> Oh, auspicious starts to
1: our show today. Indeed. I mean, if you're going to sell yourself to the devil, 1.3 million seems like a good price.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's more than you would ever win on The Apprentice. I oh,
1: guess. my goodness. I mean, maybe she just weasel. I, you know, listen, I don't know her. I know that there's some good and bad that we've heard about this woman, but she clearly knows what she's doing. Good for you.
0: <sighs> oh, yeah, well, it's it's all about the, the non-disclosure agreements, and we'll get into that a little bit when uh, we cover the story in a minute. But first, there was some late breaking news that the Capitol complex had to be evacuated because of an unknown aircraft in the area. And then as it turns out, it was a plane dropping parachuters into the Nationals game. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. They didn't know or have a heads up on that. I don't know what the fuck is going on with the Secret Service, but um.
1: they're a hot. They were in some gift box at the game that was probably given to them by
0: someone that's infiltrated the Secret Service. They're like, "Hey, look at those parachuters! Oh shit, should we have reported that plane?" But I think it was the Capitol police who evacuated everyone out of an abundance of caution or whatever. How did, where's the, I'm not feeling too good about the communications between law enforcement at the fucking Capitol. As oh I'm my saying. God, seriously. I mean, you know, not that anything important there's has happened in the last couple of years or no. anything weird. I mean, it's been totally fine. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm headed up to LA. You're going to be out doing a a, a cool like Seder event. like a, a I've got gig. a
1: virtual gig, yeah, for the Jews, for the Jews. Mm-hmm. For the Jews.
0: Bring in your space laser to bear on the people yeah, of Los absolutely. Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. An am- I'm so
1: sad, though, that we're na- we don't get to play together, but welcome to the city.
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, I'll be up there. Probably only take me like 900 hours to drive. Um, About that. That'll be cool. And uh, then I'll be going to see Randy Rainbow and Kathy Griffin on Thursday night. And uh, it's going to be uh, super fun, which is tonight if you're time traveling with us on the show. Now, quick breaking news. The Department of Justice has said it will now appeal the unqualified Trump judge's ruling on the mask mandate member. No, I do. And, you know, the DOJ said we'll appeal if the CDC says the mask mandate is still necessary. Well, CDC says it's necessary. So DOJ will appeal the ruling. All right. We've got a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the Hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so a day before the 2020 presidential election, Ginny Thomas mugged for the camera wearing a Trump baseball cap with her friend Connie Hare, chief of staff to Louis (laughs) Gomert. I don't know why. Listen,
1: I know we should make fun of people's names, and that's not what I'm doing here. But some of this sounds like it's made up.
0: (laughs) I know Hare and Gomert, and she was mugging for the camera at an event supporting. Trump in pictures posted on Facebook at the time. Now, a month later, in her now infamous texts to Mark Meadows, Ginny Thomas, the wife, as we know, of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. I almost couldn't say justice. Did you hear that? It's hard. Justice. Because, yeah, yeah, Those two things don't go together. His name and that word. She referred, Ginny referred to hair and claims about election fraud. Yeah, I'm going to call her Connie because hair is just, it sounds like she's talking about hair. <laughs> So she referred to Connie and claims about election fraud while urging Meadows to fight the election results. Around the same time, Connie's boss, Louis Gohmert, filed or supported two lawsuits challenging the election that eventually landed before the Supreme Court. Jenny Thomas's years long relationship with Connie, including social outings that Clarence Thomas attended, as well as her texting with Meadows, add another dimension to an ongoing debate over whether her husband should recuse himself from cases related to the election he should and cases related to the insurrection he should, especially when his wife is closely aligned to people who advocated for the coup. To be sure, Thomas and Connie were voicing their opinions on the election. At the same time, however, Connie was a top aide to a congressman who would file or sign on to an election litigation that landed before the Supreme Court where Thomas sits. And Connie herself posted on Facebook about the need to fight in court over the election. Was on a call, quote, was on a call with Trump campaign manager and legal folks for a briefing this morning. We are seeing this through to the end of the court count battle. That's what Connie posted on November 7th, four days after the election, the day, by the way, the day that Joe Biden was announced the winner officially. And on November 21st, Connie posted massive amounts of voter fraud in big cities throughout contested states. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A friend of the Thomases who's familiar with the situation contends that Ginny and Connie. (laughs) <laughs> Say they did not talk about specific cases that Gomert was involved in and that Connie didn't know about Gomert's lawsuits before they were filed. <laughs> yeah, right. The chief of staff for Gomert didn't know about right, sure. Yep. lawsuits. If you believe that, I have some motion front property in Arizona I'd like you to look at. Hmm. And, and by the way, keep in mind, Jamie Raskin calls the Gomert lawsuit a key piece of the 1 6 puzzle. We've been saying that for a while. In the end, the high court took neither Gomert's lawsuits against then Vice President Mike Pence nor a case from Texas that Gomert supported against that Donald Trump laws against the states that Donald Trump. Remember when the Texas AG and a bunch of people got together and said, We want to sue Pennsylvania Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, and the judge was like, Fuck out of here, dude. You yeah. can't. You have no standing. Ginny Thomas also has a close friendship with Mark Meadows, and a case involving him landed before the Supreme Court in recent months. In that case, that's when the court allowed the release of hundreds of documents from the Trump White House the National Archives, over to the select committee. Thomas was the only one to publicly dissent. Soon after these texts, Gohmert's office took part in two cases. that These are the Ginny Hare texts. <laughs> Gohmert's office took part in two cases that challenged the election result at the Supreme Court. And again, we've talked about these. The attorney general, Texas's attorney general, went straight to the Supreme Court. Remember, didn't even bother to go the right way. Just went straight to the Supreme Court and contested the swing states that Biden had won, claiming they conducted their elections unconstitutionally. The case theoretically could have given the Supreme Court the power to throw out the presidential election result. Gohmert was one of 126 Republican members of Congress to sign on to an amicus brief supporting Texas before the high court. On December 11th, just days after that case had been filed, majority of the justices rejected the attempt, saying Texas had not shown it had the legal right to challenge how another state conducts its elections. You know, shit. <laughs> Dumb asses. Thomas signed on to a two-sentence statement penned by Alito, arguing a procedural point that the court should not have dismissed the case outright because it fell under the court's original jurisdiction. But importantly, Thomas and Alito did note that they would grant no other relief to Texas in the case. In late December, Gomer tried again with that case of his own. That's the one that Raskin calls a key piece of the 1-6 puzzle. And uh, they wanted to stop the Electoral College certification of Biden's win in that suit. That was what Gohmert was suing for. That prompted Pence's lawyers to speak up in court, asking a federal judge to dismiss Gomert's case. It was a crucial early moment of the vice president publicly defending his role over presiding over the Senate. And uh, Pence has stood by his position that the vice president can't just overturn the election. The Gohmert case eventually made its way to SCOTUS. And it was there on January 6th, the day of the, you know, the thing. The coup. They say the Electoral College certification, but also the coup. But the court denied the request the next day with no dissents noted. Oh, I guess uh, he decided not to speak up that time. Interesting. mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Oh, this next story. It's laughable at best. (laughs) Hillary Clinton is moving quickly to shut down an epic federal lawsuit that the former guy filed last month, accusing her, her political allies and various government officials of racketeering conspiracy to propagate false claims about (laughs) Trump and Russia. In connection with the 2016 presidential race, let's also just remind the readers that there's been plenty of evidence from high up places. All of this is just ridiculous. In a motion filed Wednesday with the federal court in South Florida, Clinton's attorneys say the sprawling 108 page complaint is entirely without legal merit and amounts to little more than a publicity stunt. No shit. And this is a quote, whatever the utility of the plaintiff's complaint as a fundraising tool, a press release or a list of political grievances, it has no merit as a lawsuit and should be dismissed (laughs) with prejudice. Longtime Clinton attorney David Kendall wrote, which is hilarious. I know, I love it. Uh, While some other defendants have sought to stall the suit as they assess how to respond, Clinton's lawyers wasted little time in asking U.S. District Court Judge Donald Middlebrooks to dismiss the claims against her with prejudice, meaning Trump would not be able to reformulate the suit and refile, because you know he will. As a technical matter, Clinton's motion applies only to her, so it can't shut down the entire case. However, other defendants, who include various Clinton campaign aides, former Democratic National Committee Chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, former FBI Director James Comey, yes, Trump is suing James Comey, and ex-FBI agent Peter Strzok, could join in Clinton's legal move to torpedo the suit. So I would not be surprised if they do, especially if hers, you know, the dismiss happens. At least some of those defendants are expected to be represented by the Justice Department or government-paid attorneys. Clinton's filing spends little time parsing the far-fetched and often incomprehensible (laughs) allegations Trump makes against her, such as theft of trade secrets And witness tampering, both of which he has done, by the way, not Clinton. (laughs) It's one of those things, just look at the pizza parlor with the basement, because someone, you know what I mean? Trump's got a pizza parlor somewhere with the basement. The filing asserts some very basic flaws are fatal to Trump's suit, and chief among them, that the famously litigious former president and, and real estate mogul, if you want to call him that, took too long to come to court. Shocking. Clinton's lawyers say the statute of limitations for the claims in Trump's case ranges from two to four years. The various assertions about Trump's ties to Russia were out in the open in 2017. Clinton's attorneys also say Trump is trying to turn run-of-the-mill political opposition into a court case. Yeah, (laughs) duh. Another quote from this. At most, plaintiff alleges that, this should be funny as well, at most, plaintiff alleges that other entities sought to further Clinton's candidacy. And after the election, politically opposed plaintiff's administration, Clinton's motion argues. This is conduct plainly protected by the First Amendment. There's nothing unlawful about engagement in political activity. So Mm. it's one of those things, if we read through this suit, like anything he accuses her of doing, he's definitely guilty of,
0: as we know. No, no, yeah, 100 percent. That's what they do. Next up, congressional investigators entering the last stage of their probe this is a one six committee are gathering new evidence about a crucial moment on the January six timeline, the final fateful phone call between Trump and Pence before the mob attacked the Capitol. Right before. Now, they've had a lot of success on that front in the committee court records and January six select committee documents reveal the panel has obtained significant details about the call. What court documents? I'll tell you in a minute. In recent weeks, They've learned even more from several high-profile witnesses who were in the Oval Office while Trump berated Pence for refusing to overturn the election (laughs) illegally. Yet one crucial gap remains. Top Pence aides say the former vice president was in his residence when the call came in. He then left the room and was out of earshot for 15 to 20 minutes. Those aides told the select committee that Pence never disclosed to them the contents of that conversation. More importantly, Pence's aides say he never revealed how he replied to Trump's intense last-minute pressure. It's unlikely the committee will attempt to force Pence to testify. There's a lot of imposing legal obstacles for subpoenaing a former VP, and the panel considers Pence a witness, not a target of the probe. Whether they ask for his voluntary help is another question. Now, an hour after the call, Pence would publicly declare what he'd privately told Trump for weeks: he's not gonna fucking overturn the election, bro. Now, barring some unforeseen twist, Joe Biden would be the next president. Aides who had been working all morning to finalize Pence's statement delayed it to give Trump a chance to address his supporters, but the decision had long been settled. The logs don't reflect Trump's subsequent call with Pence, but a private schedule investigators obtained from the National Archives suggests they connected at 11:20 a.m. while Pence was in his residence and Trump was in the Oval Office. This is the call we've been talking about. Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, and uh, his chief counsel, Greg Jacob, told the Select Committee they remembered Pence receiving a call from Trump at about that time. Those are the court documents in that big thing that that the 1-6 committee filed with Judge Carter in California to get Eastman's emails about how they were committing a crime. That's when they released parts of the testimony that was given by uh, Greg Jacob and Mark Short. Pence's apparent privacy hasn't stopped accounts of the call from emerging. They've just come from people who only heard Trump's side of it. The same private schedule showing Trump's call with Pence also reveals who entered the Oval Office just minutes earlier, a group that appears to be present while Trump made his final push to pressure Pence. That list includes Ivanka, Donald Jr., and Eric, as well as Kimberly Guilfoyle. And also in the room were Keith Kellogg, chief of staff Mark Meadows, and Eric Hirschman. Kellogg, who testified to the select committee, said he recalled seeing Eric Trump's wife, Laura, somewhere around, probably on the floor, picking up, I don't know, hair. I don't know. She's just useless. (laughs) Multiple people familiar with the testimony given to the select committee, Hmm. they offered a consistent account. One of those people, granted anonymity to speak candidly, said witnesses described the conversation as beginning pretty nicely, pleasantly, with Trump embracing the legal advice he was given about Pence's ability to send the election back to the states. And then it got weird. And although people in the Oval Office couldn't hear him, Pence had clearly rejected Trump's entreaties. This is one of those people that I just named. Witnesses have said listeners in the room were surprised because it was the first time they were called Pence saying no to Trump. (laughs) The call deteriorated and Trump grew frustrated. That's putting it nicely. A portion of Kellogg's testimony, as I said, had become public in court filings. And uh, it's a similar recollection of Trump's side of the phone call. Kellogg says he couldn't hear Pence's responses, but remembered Trump pushing his vice president to embrace a fringe theory and tended to stop Biden's victory, sending the election back to the states and uh, appoint new presidential electors, those false slates. Kellogg said he presumed Pence rebuffed Trump because Trump seemed disappointed. <laughs> he recalled Trump saying something to the effect of, You're not tough enough to make the call. But it actually, in a book that came out later, he said, You're just a pussy. I would say he was frustrated, Kellogg told the committee. He hung up, and after he hung up, went right back to speech prep. He didn't get up, walk out, yell or throw things. He just said, OK, and went back to the speech discussion, which is kind of indicative that he had other plans. Yeah. The attack on the Capitol. Because if Pence was his last resort, I don't think he would have been going right back to speech prep. Kellogg also told the committee that Ivanka turned to him at the close of the call and said, Mike Pence is a good man, a bunch (laughs) of dumbasses. Importantly, Ivanka, Guilfoyle and Hirschman, the former Trump White House lawyer, have all recently testified to the select committee and were likely asked about this call. Now, shortly after they hung up, Trump traveled to the Ellipse, delivered his remarks at his rally. And he told the crowd that he just spoke to Pence, whom he referenced 12 times in his speech. Quote, all Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify and we become president and you're the happiest people. (laughs) And I just want to remind
1: you that apparently there was a lot of hours put into speech prep, and that's what they came up with, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of this moron, Donald Trump's campaign has been ordered to pay his former aide, Amorosa Newman, more than $1.3 million in legal fees, closing a case over her alleged violation of a nondisclosure agreement. Celebrating the ruling, Newman compared herself to David and the former president to Goliath. Okay. Okay. Yeah. John M. Phillips, an attorney for Newman, tweeted pictures of the ruling by court arbitrator, excuse me, arbitrator Andrew Brown. Now, the total due to be paid by the Trump campaign, one million three hundred thousand dollars, more than one million three hundred thousand dollars. One point three. Phillips wrote one point three million attorney fee and cost order against the Trump campaign issued. This is the highest known prevailed party attorney fee assessment against a president or presidential campaign. Huge thanks to Amarosa for believing in us during this three-year ordeal of weaponized litigation. That was the quote from Phillips. Trump faces extensive legal woes elsewhere, as we know, including investigations of his business affairs and of his attempts to overturn the 2020 election defeat by Joe Biden. Those investigations are happening in many states and in the Capitol. He's lost other cases over NDAs, including one, involving a former campaign worker who said Trump forcibly
0: kissed her, which Ooh. I have no doubt <laughs> believing is true. No, Yeah, totally. 100%. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what he does, right? He just kisses
1: So Yeah, that's he, it. You know, listen, I'm not just saying this, as because <laughs> I, I do believe, like to believe women, but I, I also know that he's a douchebag and he, uh, he touts himself on sexual assault. So there he, you have he ta- it. He brags about he it. He brags about it. To people named Billy Bush. Oh, no, <laughs> my God. I can't All believe right. that wasn't the fucking breaking point. Oh well.
0: I know. I know. what? That or when he made fun of the reporter. Yes, the reporter of...
1: that I mean, if we knew if that I can't, don't take me back there.:
0: OK, sorry, we're going <sighs> to look forward. We're going to look ahead.: <laughs> We are going to look forward to the good news, which is going to happen right after this break, Dana, so stick around, everybody. We'll be right back.. <laughs> Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to The Beans. This is AG, and this episode of the show is brought to you by Hunter Douglas, a company known for producing innovative window shade designs using gorgeous fabrics and control systems that automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology is what makes it possible, and it allows your shades to automatically reposition themselves to achieve the perfect balance between light, privacy, and insulation, regardless of what time it is. Now, you know, I recently gutted my house and did a whole redo. Well, the Hunter Douglas window treatments are amazing. They enhance your home's beauty by diffusing harsh sunlight, which provides a beautiful glow. It keeps your privacy while allowing you to enjoy your view outside. But my favorite thing about my window treatments from Hunter Douglas is that my home is kept warm in the winter and cool in the summer. It's saving me money on my electric bill. It's easing the burden on our power grid. It's good for the planet and it's good for your feelings inside your home too because it just looks so beautiful. Enjoy greater convenience, style, and comfort in your home with Hunter Douglas. And right now for a limited time, you can take advantage of generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. Just visit hunterdouglas.com/dailybeans for details. That's hunterdouglas.com/dailybeans for details on a limited time generous rebate savings opportunity on select styles. And today's show is also brought to you by sleeping Helix Sleep. By the way, you know how sleeping uh, is so important for mental health and physical well-being. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. I personally love sleeping. It's one of my top five favorite things to do. And it used to be hard for me, right? I would toss and turn. I couldn't fall asleep. I couldn't stay asleep. I would wake up feeling sore and bummed out and just feeling yucky and unfocused all day. And I thought it was stress and anxiety and that was part of it. But also I was sleeping on a mattress designed to someone else's specifications. And that's when Helix came in and changed my life. Because regardless of your body type or sleep style, Helix has a mattress for you. You can find the perfect mattress by taking their quick online sleep quiz at helixsleep.com dailybeans. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses. They have body temperature-regulating mattresses. They even have a Helix Plus mattress for beautiful plus-size sleepers. And you know what? The Helix Midnight mattress is what was matched with me after I took the sleep quiz because I am a side sleeper and I like a medium-firm mattress, so the Helix Midnight was right up my alley. And now I fall asleep fast with Helix. I stay asleep through the night. I wake up feeling refreshed. I'm not sore. You know Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. They were awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine, and leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine recommend Helix. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it for 100 sleeps risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll refund your money. They even have financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helixsleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders. And if you have any of those My Pillow Guy pillows hanging around, they will also send you two free pillows. All right. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll
1: on. Good news is on the way.
0: And if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, pictures, Halloween or otherwise, bunny pictures, uh, summer, what's a Memorial Day picture? I don't know but it's coming up soon. Uh, Mother's Day. Anything you want to send and whoopee stories are awesome. What your super secret superpower is. If you have any cases that you want settled in, in Amy's court, I know she's out right now, but I could I could sit in as a judge pro tempore. Send it into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And also, if you have a minute, we lost all of our ratings. Apple did something to us and screwed us over. So unsubscribe and resubscribe and then give us a rating if you can. We would love you for it. First up, Dana from Jan. No pronouns given. Dear Enlightened Chickpeas. <laughs> Pertaining to Sunday's MSW speculation, Mike Pompeo was a congressman in 2017. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, I think Jan is talking about the uh, the who the congressman is. Uh, in yes. The Russian indictment of the three Russian guys, the Russian Duma guy and his two staffers. Jan goes on to say, I've continually had beans on him getting his feathers singed before this is all over with. Now, that may be because I'm a bluefish in a red sea in the center of the country, but very deep, dark money pockets reside in Wichita. And so does Mike. Oh, Mike Pompeo. Yes.
1: No, 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 no. Go I would, ahead. Take the next one. Here you go. This is from Sue, she and her. I want to thank you for your hilarious good news segment Monday morning. <laughs> I love that you replayed that, by the way. I'm a relatively new listener, and I missed that segment the first time it was broadcast. (laughs) You managed to start my day off with not only a smile, but with a hearty laugh. I simply cannot get the image out of my mind. (laughs) Deeply appreciated as I'm now off to have a root canal done. Absolutely true. Yuck. Thanks again for your daily dose of news with cussing and your amazing ability to keep me fairly sane. I am closing three photos. Two of them are my puppy flame. Think Tigger. Tigger who is constantly a source of joy, she got into this predicament after an unfortunate outcome of playing too rough with her older sister, Jessa. This happened several years ago, and now she's in full tear mode most of the time. The third picture is of the entire canine family, the loves of my life. Thanks again for being you. Mm. Oh, wait. There's a, a cast. There's no... Oh, there's... A, what is happening in the first picture? It looks I, I like think there's that... a leg in a cast,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, behind his head. Yes. Yeah that's funny oh yep that's, here's the
1: cast in the second picture and we're pink now oh, the oh cone my of god shame. oh my god this contraption. poor contraption baby
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh wow that is impressive okay now look at all these doggos oh, what a beautiful brood i'm assuming that's their couch like that belongs to oh them. yeah yeah that was just bought for the dogs for sure and look at the two dogs that look identical. It looked like they're Photoshopped in identically. Like, oh, we'll just paste another one. Copy and paste right back here. Yeah. They're so cute. How adorable. That's Flame, Luna, Jessa, and Bella. must, You the babies. Thank you for that. We got two, two pairs. A pair of uh, yellow labs and a pair of whatever the Burmese water dog looking guy is. Oh, they're so adorable. All right, next up from Norm. Norm, pronouns he and him. About seven years ago, my wife and I moved due to my job. We both hated it where we went. We had issues with the house we bought that got us into debt and ended up filing Chapter 13 bankruptcy. We moved back a few years ago and have been renting. At the end of last year, finally finished the payment plan and had been wanting to buy a house again. After much searching, we finally found a house we liked and didn't get into a bidding war. Hoo hoo. It was a bit of a pain getting a mortgage that close to bankruptcy, but we are now happily in our new home. Nice. Attached is a picture of our three-year-old and our ten-year-old pup, Flurry. Look! At oh my goodness! Look at this baby! Look at those red oh, stripy both socks.
1: Adorable! I know those look like Waldo
0: socks. Oh, they might on? be. I'm not sure. That's a beautiful house. Look at that oh, lawn! Holy gorgeous. crap! Gorgeous! My God. Yeah, you got Beautiful. some lawn maintenance in, in your future. My totally. Friend. Like, but that's a good Christmas tree window right there. Heck yeah. All Heck
1: right. Yeah. All right. This is from Kelly, pronouns she and her. Hi, everyone. Thanks for keeping me sane since the kitchen days, since the kitchen table days. Sorry, AG. And for expanding your badassery with the podcast network. I know I can't be the only one always looking for non alternative fact based podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> like many people, I turned my side hustle hobby into an online business when the pandemic hit. And in case any bean listeners are interested in saving 20% on jewelry, sun catchers, or bead curtains from mybackyardbling.com, I want to give out our discount code, which is family and friends, since you are all my family and friends.
0: Oh, I sent that's you a... so cool because I've been wanting to get some sun catchers now. There you go.
1: Well, I sent you a package last year with bean shaped beads and earrings, masked lanyards, necklaces, et cetera. I do have bean beads left. I'll start, um, I'll be starting a bean bead. This is hard, <laughs> bean bead curtain tonight. Uh, maybe uh, I'll add stars or a moon and make it super space beans beat curtain. <laughs> And in order, And in older good news, here's a picture of a squirrel I saved from drowning in the pool a few summers ago. We now keep ramps for critters in the pool so that they can escape. Now that I think of it, I'll include the picture of a young deer escaping <gasps> after falling in. Almost forgot about that one. Back to the squirrel, though. I was hearing a small, odd barking sound out back. I stood there looking for where it was coming from, and I saw what looked like a tiny otter desperately trying to stay afloat in the pool. I ran out with the net. He was super weak, but let me scoop him out. I went all Mitch from Baywatch and <laughs> pulled my, sh- <laughs> my shirt off and explained that I, was gonna, I wasn't going to harm him. Oh, my God, holy crap. He let me wrap him up and hold him like a baby. His teeth were chattering so loud. After 30 minutes, oh, I fell asleep in my arms. We thought it was dead, but I laid him on a soft spot under the trees wrapped in the shirt. He hung out for like an hour. Oh, so sweet. The deer was just young and not really smart. Lost its balance and fell in one day. We were closing the pool. Thank goodness he pulled himself out before I called 911. You're amazing at what you do. My Navy sister, A.G., was clearly meant for this, to help educate America about the real and nonstop threat to democracy that Trumpism and the modern Republican Party represent. I agree. I'm like walking advertisement for both the Daily Beans and Mueller, she wrote, constantly (laughs) recommending them when people ask, how did you hear this stuff? I don't hear any of it. Well, keep up the great work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> look my at God. Guy. Kelly. <laughs> oh, this just wet squirrel. Well, oh, look at the deer getting out. Oh, man. Oh, this gets me. I'm glad the deer got out for sure. But that squirrel picture is like, hey, hey, I'm glad you came. Look
0: at his little toes over the edge of the. I know scratch my face off yes oh, so cute thank you for that thank you for the kind words too i really appreciate it and i believe this is our last submission from jen k Pronoun she and her hey beanie babes i've been an avid listener since the big dick toilet wine days <laughs> whatever happened to matthew fucking Whitaker, anyways <laughs> ever since then your pod has been fucking essential a fucking essential daily listen for me You keep me focused on the headlines that matter, and you do it while making me laugh. It's a true gift. Thank you so much. Boy, she just covered like 100,000 inside jokes that only people who listened to Mueller she wrote early on would get. I love it. (laughs) My mom got really sick right before Thanksgiving. She spent over a month in the hospital, and because of COVID restrictions, she could only have one visitor, and that was me. I spent uh, four to eight hours every day with her, which was a stressful and exhausting and also a blessing. We lost our mom on the winter solstice. It was indeed the darkest day of the year for everyone who loved her and needed her. Okay, this is starting to sound like a bad news submission, but the good news is coming, I swear. Things are starting to look up. There have been many wonderful developments this past month or so. First, my mom's memorial was March 20th, the spring solstice. I was absolutely, it was beautiful and perfect with over a hundred people attending. My siblings and I planned the celebration and it has brought us closer than ever. I know my mom would have been proud of the event we planned for her. And I could feel her spirit so strongly that day. There will never be closure for her loss, but this was a very healing day for all of us. Finally, and most wonderful of all, we adopted a two-year-old rescue dog three weeks ago. Her name is Juniper, Junie, and I'll let you what the mutt by attaching a photo. Junie and I bonded so quickly. It was love at first sight. She's a massive cuddle bug, loyal, an amazing hiking partner, and just all around dream dog. She reminds me that while my losses have seemed overwhelming at times, life goes on and there's so many trails to explore and adventures to be had. The political landscape the past five years has been absolutely bonkers, and I appreciate how you break things down in a way that I can follow and understand you are the best at what you do. Attaching pet tax, Sushi the murder cat. (laughs) (laughs) She looks cute, but don't touch her belly. It closes like a bear trap. And my new love, Juniebug. So
1: this cat looks massive, by the way, Jen. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I'm thinking there's got to be 15, 18 pounds in this cat. It looks huge. I love the paw over the eyes. Oh, my God. I also, it's definitely a trap. I love it. That's so funny. This baby, definitely shepherd, definitely beagle.
0: I think I feel like we've seen this dog. I know.
1: There's a lot of shagles running around that keep being submitted to us and
0: we're wrong every time. And chow chow. I think we've had this submission, but I'm happy to have read it again if we have.
1: Oh, I, I know I have not read this submission with you because I would have remembered. Only be- I don't know. I just, I don't think we have. This is just a beautiful dog.
0: Yeah, it looks like a, a shepherd beagle mix, like, and maybe some lab. But look at the eyes. What a loving dog. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.
1: Mm. I also well, really like the way Jen K. writes. So keep writing, Jen. Makes me happy. Yes,
0: definitely. Very good writer. Excellent writing. Jen K, thank you for everyone uh, who submitted something to the Good News segment today. We appreciate all of you. If you have anything you want to send in, again, do it. Hey, just throw throw caution to the wind. Even if it's just a, hey, how you doing? I like your hair. I, you know, whatever it is, send it in. Um, we we accept pod pet tax if you don't have pod pets um what what some folks do is they send in a an adoptable pet from a local shelter that we could put the link in the show notes for and if you have a small business or whatever is going to you know whatever you're doing that you're creating we want to hear about that too so yeah again dailybeanspod.com and click on contact hey Dana, you're going to be out for the weekend so do you have any final thoughts
1: uh no just everyone have a really wonderful weekend we are we are getting to the the later days of April. So I hope the weather's getting warmer where you are and the flowers are blooming and your allergies are not killing you like they are me, but I'm just wishing everyone a really good one. And I will be back in your ears Monday morning.
0: Awesome. I hope we run into each other in the big city Indeed. this
1: weekend.
0: All right, everybody. Until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Please vote blue over Q. I've been A.G. Oh, and I've been D.G. D.G. <laughs> I already checked out for the weekend, so sorry. (laughs) Wrap it up. Oh, wrap it up. Okay, them's the beans. (laughs) The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane